has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is October 23rd, 2018. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. <laughs> Joining me today is Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you. Well, thank you, Bill. And again, uh, we do have a short news press release for you this morning, and uh, it basically it breaks it down where student vets recover education benefits through the courts. Tell us more about that, Bill. Well, Gary, as you probably recall, uh, we've had uh, at least two occasions rep- representatives from an organization uh, for uh, student veterans who have had some defrauding experiences with uh, for-profit colleges and universities. Well, uh, this past Tuesday, uh, uh, many of these student veterans, despite having a robust GI Bill education benefits, contended they were deceived into racking up federal loan debt through abusive practices by certain for-profit colleges. And, you know, we learned about some of that, Gary, when we had these representatives on from the organizations whereby, as an example, a, um, a school that was operating on a, a two-semester program would add an additional semester or a four-quarter program would add an additional quarter. And, and, and you can imagine over a two- or three-year period, uh, there's uh, at least a quarter or semester that's being charged against these individuals and not receiving the education for that. And very quickly, these uh, deceptive loan practices uh, or charging practices would uh, would continue to just get out of whack. So on this past Tuesday, uh, uh, many of these students uh, and uh, student veterans gained an easier path to loan forgiveness from a federal court ruling in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Randolph D. Uh, Moss uh, dismissed the legal argument from the Association of For-Profit Colleges, which succeeded for more than a year to block uh, rules to provide relief to these students who had been defrauded by the uh, colleges and universities. The argument that they presented, the judge says, was arbitrary and capricious, and the order to the U.S. Department of Education was to now uh, uh, proceed with a more uh, feasible way of them uh, to be able to not have these extensive uh, uh, loan balances that they had with these practices. So it's a win for our student veterans, and we're always looking for ways that uh, where veterans in any capacity that they're pursuing, Gary, 
that, that they can gain relief. Well, who can they go to? I mean, is there someone they can go to um, uh, in that report at all? Well, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, along with the uh, U.S. Department of Education, Mm -hmm. Uh, which has the primary responsibility as far as the money is concerned. But through the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, and and education, and if necessary, to go uh, back to the court. This is a court order now that that, that requires action on behalf uh, to assist these uh, students who uh, have been impacted by this. Wow. Great news press release. Just got to keep that in mind. All right. Absolutely. That's right. Well, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest, Bill? Gary, today I guess is Lori Manning. We're honored to have Lori with us. Lori is a retired United States Navy captain, and during her service in the Navy, uh, Lori uh, had numerous command and staff assignments. Uh, in receiving uh, many uh, awards, the Meritorious Service Award, and also uh, the Legion of Merit. Now, Laurie has been a longtime advocate for women uh, veterans, and women in particular, both in the military and civilian life. Uh, Laurie has served with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs Advisory Committee for uh, Women Veterans, and the uh, National uh, Military Advisory Council for Service Members Legal Defense Network. She has provided media commentary for both uh, national and international media organizations uh, uh, to assist women veterans. Now, uh, currently, Lori is the, um, the Director of Government Relations for the women's the service women's action network uh, uh, here in Washington D.C. and the this organization is the voice of for all military women past present and future. Uh, the organization is a member driven uh, uh, community network advocating for the individual and collective needs of service women. SWAN is the uh, acronym that is used and is guided by the priorities uh, for members who include thousands of women and men service members and civilians alike. Uh, SWAN is committed to seeing that all service women receive the opportunities, protection, benefits and respect that they deserve. And the goal is to ensure that all service women have access to the information, tools, and support that they need to reach their personal and professional goals during and following their their years of service in the military. Lori Manning, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you today. All right. All right. Now, again, we're going to mention that the Service Women's Action Network, which is a member-driven community network advocating for individual and collective needs for service women. Laurie, how did SWAN get its start back in 2007? Well, it was uh, founded by um, two Marine Corps veterans, both women, uh, 
who had been disturbed by some of the treatment they uh, experienced themselves while they were in active duty, even though they both loved being Marines and are still very proud to let you know they were Marines. And uh, also, uh, particularly with respect to uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault of women. And uh, they got together, uh, starting out as kind of a shoebox organization, uh, just the two of them. They were joined soon by a fellow uh, male Marine on the staff who had also served in the Marine Corps and the infantry. And the three of them uh, uh, grew the organization uh, and began very effective work uh, in New York City uh, and then came down to Washington, D.C., to work with Congress to uh, get the changes that were needed to be made to the Uniform Code of Military Justice, to various um, health care treatments, both uh, on the active duty side, TRICARE, and in the VHA for victims of sexual assault, who, by the way, include more men numerically than women, just because there are so many more men in the military. So even though they saw themselves as a organization dedicated to the support of women veterans, many men veterans have been helped by their work also. Um, from there, they, they grew into other areas, including um, uh, active duty women, what jobs were open and were closed to them, um, uh, protective equipment for women who were in Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, the body armor, they were often sent off in men's body armor, which didn't quite fit the typical female body. And uh, they became involved uh, in just about any issue dealing with women in the military. After about five years, um, it's, it can be tough work. And they left, uh, but Swan continued on. So they built something that is lasting and uh, we still speak with great enthusiasm about uh, about the work they did initially. That's unbelievable. Um, again, yes, it's, you know we've been doing this for almost going on seven years now, and uh, uh, it was very hard at first to get women uh, organizations to to talk about you know, the organization and what they do and how they can help you. Uh, so, and this is, this is, uh, a lot of news for, for us, you know, as far as, uh, having organizations, uh, uh, talk about, uh, the stuff that happened in the service. So again, um, it's, it's something that you have to just listen and, and be aware of. And, uh, Bill, do you have a question before we go on break? Well, uh, maybe this can ca- take us into the break. Uh, uh, Laurie, it's been my experience in, uh, in my advocacy work to, uh, to come in contact with women who are not always uh, coming forward uh, to even mentioning the fact that they serve in the military. I mean, it's something like, uh, you know, that uh, you, you have to talk to them for a while and coax them. Hopefully that has improved. But the other, one of the things that I think that's most important, that which we're dealing with today, uh, with post-traumatic stress, and which leads to suicides, that are women veterans have a six-time higher rate of suicides than their civilian counterparts. 
what uh, what kinds of uh, uh, things that uh, are going on now to try to convince women to come forward to talk about some of these areas that uh, sort of uh, keeps that situation of post traumatic stress going and to get help and uh, <laughs> and uh, prevent uh, from being a victim of suicide. Yes, it's something that concerns uh, my organization and every other veterans organization in this country, male or female, or, or most veterans organizations except both men and women. And um, First of all, most women veterans are, are very proud people and don't like to be seen as dependent uh, and not able, to, not, e- not able to hack it, so to speak. So some of them are very shy about coming forward when they need help. Um, some of them, uh, when they leave service, feel isolated. And, and one of the things that SWAN has been trying to do is put them in contact with each other um, so that they can talk about what it was like being in the military, the good things and the, the things that might not have been so good with other people men and women, but especially women sometimes, who, who will understand. Uh, we try to um, work with VA uh, to get word out everywhere that if you are a veteran, uh, even if you have a, an other than honorable discharge for some reason, that you can contact VA locally at a vet center or a, a health clinic, and they will give you at least some initial help to to get you um, talking to somebody. Um, you, there are hotlines uh, that operate 24-7, and I'm sorry, uh, I don't have the phone numbers with me right now, but there are hotlines, both um, civilian run ones and, and, and specialty ones aimed at the military, where you can call and talk to somebody if you're feeling suicidal anytime, day or night, anywhere in the world. Um, and we want to get word out about some of those things. And we also have to deal with some of the basic problems. A number of the women who uh, go on to commit suicide are women who were sexually assaulted in the military and who, for various reasons, either never reported it or sometimes did report it. And what they faced was retaliation from their peers, retaliation from their chain of command. Right. Um, they often saw their perpetra- uh, the person who, who perpetrated the assault against them promoted, uh, given awards, and uh, that does something to your to your inner soul when you see that. It's happened to male veterans also, and um, the, those are the sorts of things we have to tackle. And uh, many people are working on it, but nobody has come up with the the magic way of uh, making this stop yet. Yeah. Now we're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier. 
or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lori, with the Service Women's Action Network. Now, Lori, you know, throughout the, the years we've mentioned, uh, brought up uh, situations where we use percentages. I didn't realize this, but there's 100,000 veterans that um, are in jail, incarcerated, and 20%, that's 20,000, 200,000 um, are actually... Uh, you know, behind bars also, and uh, that's something something that should be handled immediately. As far as homelessness, uh, Lori, what's the percentage of uh, of women that can't find any place to live? You know, that's hard to actually uh, know. There, we know that there are more women veterans than non-veterans who are homeless. But sometimes they're homeless, but they they uh, don't they they don't get counted by local and, and state numbers because they are sort of couch surfing, hopping from relative or friend to relative or friend. Um, we do know that the problems of women veterans who are homeless are typically a lot more complicated than their brother counterparts, the male veterans who are homeless. Often, number one, often because they have custody of children. Right. And VA can has wonderful programs for homeless veterans, but but not for their children. Uh, it would, it, uh, the same would apply if, if a male veteran happened to have children, too, who was homeless. And these women do not want to be separated from their children. 
Uh, quite often, they have comorbidities in that they may be suffering from PTSD or TBI, uh, traumatic brain injuries that they suffered while in, in service. Um, they are often, too often, uh, sexual assault victims who ended up getting themselves an other than honorable discharge because after the assault, after reprisals, their heart just wasn't in the job anymore, and some of them begin to drink too much or become dependent on opioids, and their job performance falls out, and all of a sudden they find themselves separated from the service. Um, and once you have an other than honorable discharge, you have to apply to VA before you can get your benefits. And VA does not have a very high uh, percentage of those requests that they grant. And that, that assumes that the veteran even knows they can do that. So often um, these very vulnerable uh, women and, and sometimes men find themselves unable to get a civilian job, find themselves on the street, and don't even realize that even that, that there are resources out there that, that, uh, that can help them. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a crying shame. Bill? Well, Laurie, uh, I'd like to uh, compliment uh, the Service Women's Action Network on the website that uh, you have. It's a very comprehensive website with a lot of information. And, uh, you know, I've come to the belief that the, the greatest void in our veterans community is a lack of information. If you don't know how to uh, uh, proceed in getting help and assistance, I mean, you're just lost. And that's just so important. Now, um, I, there's some programs that I see that you have here uh, that um, in taking actions to uh, to get women involved is so important. Talk about uh, to our listening audience of some of the success that you've had in getting women to come in through these programs, and it's been uh, had an, an, an impact upon their lives. Yes, and what what we're trying to do now um, is get more of a better national and state network. Um, one of the big things we're doing right now is trying to connect with. There are many many small groups of women veterans throughout the country that work just in a particular town or county or maybe in a state. They may be there just for social purposes or they may be involved in community service for all different reasons. And what we want to do is, is harness this network like, like a, a giant spider web um, so that when we hear of programs, we can get the word out to uh, women vets all over the country about them using uh, these small groups. Um, and, and they can get word to us about what women veterans want, what they need. Um, and we're here in D.C. and, and can work on, on a national level for it. So we, we are trying to build a much better connectivity between all the women veterans to get needs, info out, and to get requests uh, for what's needed and not being covered back to us and, and other groups in D.C. who can work on it nationally. But there are a number of uh, groups, and again, a lot of them are local, some are national, that sponsor veterans' retreats. And we have worked with some of them and convinced them that 
it's it's great to do these, but you should do some that are just for women vets too, not not just the guys. We want the guys to have theirs. We don't want to take anything away from them, but we want the women vets to get a chance to meet others that have similar stories um, to theirs, and and so they can see they're not alone, and they can see that there are people in the country who care deeply about them and want them to thrive. Um, so we, we try to get um, word out about some of these retreat opportunities. We also try to get word out about what's going on with legislation on Congress so people can activate their local um, groups to get in touch with their own senators and, and Congress uh, members and say, hey, this is a good idea, we want you to vote for it, or there's a great need for thus and such uh, you know, we need a better way to um, let people know they can get other than honorable discharges upgraded. Um, so we want to start a back and forth between these million, uh, two million plus women veterans in this country and their own members of Congress uh, and their own state uh, veterans uh, groups, too. I mean, uh, you ran one in Maryland, so you know that uh, there are some very active groups out there. But if we can harness them all together, we hope we can help more veterans. And that's true, uh, Laurie. The information gap, I mean, it's, 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 it's more than what we make it because, uh, or we reveal about it, uh, simply because uh, in one instance, uh, you know, many of our men and women who are serving uh, today uh, come from rural areas around the country, and they're sort of cut off with that information, challenged by transportation and those kinds of things. What kind of uh, outreach are you being able to, uh, to make contact with those uh, women who are there with the services that are limited uh, and to be able to get them to participate to help their situation change? Yeah, and we try to work through VA itself, who, who has, you know, in every uh, district or vision, they call them, uh, for the health things or, or uh, districts for the benefits, they have outreach to women veterans, and we try to give them feedback saying, you know, you're, think about the women um, in rural communities, the older ones who maybe don't drive anymore, uh, those who are on Native American reservations, um, that, you, that one size doesn't fit so all. So we sort of educate the people that actually do it. Uh, we, we're not in a position yet where we can take the whole task on ourselves, but to remind people that they're there. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the problem of rural veterans, uh, particularly those who don't have transportation readily available, uh, are, are severe, uh, because some of these VA uh, health clinics and things can be 100 miles away. It, it can, uh, you know, use up a day or two sometimes when you have to uh, go in to see your doctor. So how, uh, what's your experience been, uh, uh, such as uh, networking with the veteran service organizations to, uh, to, uh, to deal with this, this issue as far as women is concerned? Yeah, we work with them um, either, sometimes directly. Um, for instance, um, we're working with um, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America right now on the question of... Um, modifying VA's mission 
and motto to show that it's not just men who are veterans. Uh, everything is he, he, he. And, in, you know, 50 years ago, it was understood that he in- included women, but it, that most people don't understand it that way anymore. So we, it's little things like that. Um, we also work uh, very often with uh, the committees in Congress collectively. All the VSOs will come together, and a couple of times um, we've had gatherings with members of Congress and their staffs to talk just about women veterans, what their needs are, where they live, um, special uh, special populations, for instance, the homeless women veterans or the incarcerated ones, as you mentioned, or those that have um, terrible injuries, either mental health ones or physical ones uh, from their time in the military. Um, those who are facing infertility problems. Um, we educate the VSOs, and the VSOs will sometimes come to us and say, hey, we want to grow our women veterans population. How do we do that? So it, it's a kind of a multifaceted thing. And we also are all on um, some national-level committees. There's a thing called the, the Military Committee, T, uh, uh, TMC that meets uh, monthly and breaks into subcommittees, and, and one of them is dedicated um, strictly to veterans, and, and members from all the major VSOs and many of the smaller ones belong to that and, and trade information on a national level, which is good. That At least we are starting to learn the information out there. That the, the inevitable problem, though, is how do you get it down to your membership? And... The, if most veterans are like me, I don't care about um, a particular category of help that might be out there until I need that help. So you could you could hose me with things, what to do, uh, you know, if if you suddenly uh, lose your ID card or whatever. But I'm not going to pay any attention to what you're shooting at me until it's something that I think relates to me. And sometimes once you get into the pickle where you need that information, you can't remember where you heard it. You know there's something out there, but you're, you're, it's just not readily available. But it needs to be on demand is what I'm trying to say, so that yeah. when a person decides at 7 o'clock some night uh, he or she needs help with something, they know how to go find it. That's true. We're going to go ahead and take a short break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. 
For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lori, with the Service Women's Action Network. Now, Lori, are you national? Uh, yes, we are. We are. Do you have, like, chapters uh, throughout the uh, U.S.? Or? No, we don't. Um, we're a membership organization, but you mm-hmm. can, you can uh, but there's no dues or anything. You can just go on our website uh, and sign yourself up, and we send out newsletters. We post uh, uh, using a lot of social uh, media. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Service Women, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we... we uh, have hashtag service women for Twitter. We post on Instagram, and uh, when we get information, we post it um, on our website, uh, in our newsletters, and, and uh, particularly on our social media pages, so that if there's a change in the law, um, for instance, or uh, in fact, what you what you led the um, led off the show with the uh, the problems with uh, the Profit colleges. We posted a lot of information on that because even it's not women specific, but it's certainly something that's hurt women veterans as well as men. And I'm sure the person that does that media will be posting about our, the court case, so people will know about that. So we try to get what information we have out there to uh, anybody, and anybody can join Swan. You don't have to be a woman veteran. We welcome men veterans. We welcome family members of veterans. Uh, or people who just are interested in the well-being of, of our veterans. And what's the procedure? Just go to the website and you have just that information? Just go to the website and, and uh, uh, click, click join. Uh, I don't know. I, it's not right in front of me, so I don't know what the icon says, but it's very easy to do. You just leave us your name and your email, and we'll put you on our list to get, to, to get this stuff. I think the Facebook uh, thing, you can just go on Facebook uh, and type in service women, and our page should pop up, and that's uh, available to anybody that wants to look at it. Uh, they don't have to specifically join Swan even to to um, to do that. Uh, same with uh, Twitter. Uh, same with Instagram. All right. But we Bill. try to get information out oh. using those social medias so that any veterans, male or female, or family members who are following us on any of those will will get that information, too. That's true. Bill? Well, Laurie, as you know, the month of November is fast approaching upon us, which leads to Veterans Day. And this Veterans Day is a particularly special Veterans Day because it uh, will commemorate 100 years out from the armistice that 
uh, ended uh, World War One, signed in Versailles, France, in 1918. And as you know, that was uh, uh, ending. Uh, that uh, hostility was the uh, was known as the uh, Great War and the War to End All Wars. Over the, the the past hundred years, and I'm sure you haven't been around that long, but but Not yet. none of us has. <laughs> but what uh, you would consider maybe uh, two or three things to come to note in your experience that has changed or impact uh, the lives of women in their service from that time up until the present day? Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're, you're opening up one of my favorite topics. Uh, of course, Great. World War I uh, was the first time that other than military nurses who had been in the military since 1901 when the Army established its nurse corps and 1908 when the Navy followed suit. And, and the nursing corps were all female in those days uh, and stayed so until mid-century, uh, until the 50s for the uh, Army and into the 60s for the men before, uh, for the Navy before we uh, allowed male nurses to join. But World War I was the first time we enlisted women in the Navy and Marine Corps who weren't, uh, med- didn't have medical credentials. And they came in for the duration of the war only, uh, doing mostly clerical and telephone operator types of work in the Navy and Marine Corps. And that includes the first African-American women to serve in the military. There were a number of Navy uh, women working at the Navy Yard who were uh, African-American recruits at the time. Uh, And then the Army didn't actually bring women into uniform, but they hired uh, four or 500 telephone operators, many of whom ended up in France, and they had to speak both uh, English and French who acted as telephone numbers between the headquarters and sometimes the people right in the trenches. Uh, And they uh, were given veteran status later, not until the 1970s. So we have our first woman veterans really um, emerging from World War I. But at the end of the war, with the armistice, they were all sent home, and only the nurses were allowed to remain on, on peacetime duty. In World War II, we brought over 400,000 women into the military, all the services, and it was after World War II ended. Instead of sending all the women home, Congress decided, with the agreement of the military services, that they needed to keep a small cadre of women on active duty because by that time, uh, the Cold War uh, was was brewing and... uh, the Iron Curtain, and we, we knew there was going to be trouble with uh, the Soviet Union, and people were afraid the balloon might quickly go up again, and they wanted enough women on active duty to bring more on if they needed them, uh, to, to serve as the trainers, for instance. Um, and that was in 1948. We passed the uh, Women's Armed Services uh, Service, uh, Women's Armed Forces Service Act, and that has been the governing act uh, about women, what women could or couldn't do uh, in the military, and it was revolutionary for its time, 1948, but now you'd roll your eyes if you knew what some of the provisions were, um, and for the past 70 years since 1948, one step at a time, women have gained more and more and more 
opportunities uh, in the military, both as to the units they could serve in, as to the uh, military special occupations they could serve in. And it, each time it's been because the, the women veterans, the women on active duty are standing on the shoulders of women veterans who did very, very well. And as they did well in one job, more jobs open to them. Um, we have over 200,000 women on active duty now and another 169,000 in uh, the Guard and Reserve uh, joining, joined with the, the 2 million uh, women veterans we have. So our women's military community is growing, and it's the fastest growing segment of the veterans population, in fact. And that's amazing, Laurie, and rightfully so. Uh, uh, women have a place for service. Uh, is uh, included in what you just mentioned, who are now pilots, They're serving in combat units, uh, and in the Navy, um, uh, uh, commanding ships, and that's uh, the way it should be. But at the same time, they return to home and community after serving in combat in the battlefields or on the high seas with those kinds of conditions that do require attention. And I think as organizations such as yours has a duty and a responsibility to try to help the women and men to recover so they can continue to be productive citizens within our community. I agree with you 100% on that. Uh, and it's one of the big adjustments the VA has and the active duty side have had to go through in the, uh, since uh, the turn of the century, since after 9-11, as we sent over 350,000 tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan, theaters of war have been done by women. And as they went over there and did their time, as you say, they came back with PTSD from combat, traumatic brain injuries. Um, many were uh, the... Several hundred have won Purple Hearts uh, for uh, combat wounds, and we've even had two Silver Star winners uh, who are women. But they all come back with the same sort of problems that the men do, and VA and DOD had to rethink everything from um, what do we do with women amputees when we have just, you know, all the uh, artificial limbs we have are made for male bodies? Um, do women and men manifest PTSD differently, or is it very much the same? And one of the things that VA has done, which is good, is beginning in about 2003, they began long-term studies of both the male and female veterans uh, who served in Iraq and Afghanistan um, and they go back and check with certain cadres of them periodically, and they're trying to gather the data to answer questions like, is PTSD the same typically in men as in women? Um, what about TBI? Um, what about exposures to various um, hazardous materials? Um, it was often known that women sometimes shouldn't be exposed to certain kinds of things because it could affect the children they might have later. But one of the things they've been learning well, really since the Vietnam War is it sometimes affects the children of men who have been exposed to it too. Um, so they have a lot of long-term studies, which I hope will learn a lot. And they have begun to war, uh, not begun, they're well along developing prosthetic devices for women. Uh, and some of these things will help um, the civilian community too. Um, 
women lose limbs in automobile accidents and other things that happen to civilians and some of the stuff the military is developing for our veterans should help any citizen or, or person who happens to be here um, should they uh, develop similar injuries. Um, but there's still a long way to go um, and a lot of minds to change. A lot of, one of the big problems in VA, particularly about 10 years ago, was women, because of the nature of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, were finding themselves in combat, uh, and men too, maybe on the way to the airport. Uh, there was an IED or an ambush, and you were there. Uh, and it did not occur to a VA for quite a while to begin to change how they uh, put out guidance on the making disability decisions, on whether somebody's injuries were service-connected, and, and reminding their people who do this that, hey, women are being shot at and shooting back, too. So they are uh, coming up with the kinds of injuries that they didn't come up with in Vietnam or um, where most of the women who were killed was by uh, in, in aircraft accidents. Um, so the nature of the change in women's employment and the change in the way we do, have been fighting in the past uh, 20 years has opened up a Pandora's box uh, of... Um, new sorts of injuries that face both men and, and women veterans. Uh, and we also bring them back um, from injuries that would have killed them in earlier wars. That's true. Well, we'll quick take that last break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. 
Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Lori, with the Service Women's Action Network. And, Lori, what's the URL of the website? It's uh, www.servicewomen.org. All right. And all the, all the information that you provided is all on the website. That way, if someone had a question, they could email, mm-hmm. call, or whatever it takes to uh, contact you. Is that correct? Yes. And right at the top of the website, at least the last time I looked, which was just last week, there's a thing that says resource portal. And that is something you can click on, and it takes you to uh, an area where there are resources uh, available for just about anything you can think of. If, if you're in a child custody fight because you're a veteran or being deployed and you need a lawyer in Oklahoma, it will refer you to, uh, to those sorts of services. Or if those, some of those emergency phone numbers are there, some of the information about retreats are there, there's a, uh, there's a, a lot of information on that thing that says uh, resource portal. All right. Now, we do only have a couple minutes left, and, Laurie, it was a pleasure having you on the show this morning. And, uh, Laurie, what would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Um, I'd like to to share um, my thanks to all the women and male veterans out there for their service, uh, to let them know that they're important, that what they do matters to this country, and... Not to be shy. When you've earned a benefit, uh, step up and ask for it. Uh, if you need help, get out there and see what's, what's available locally and nationally and ask. It's, it's not something that's uh, charity. It's something you earned and, and take advantage of it. That's correct. And Bill? Well, Laurie, thank you again for being our guest today. This has been a very informative uh, uh, broadcast that we have today. Thank you for your service to our great country and your continued service to the men and women who serve the country. And I think it's through your efforts by way of SWAN will make uh, things better and improve for our men and women who serve this great country. Uh, that's what we're trying to do. And with, it's, it's very helpful to be on a show like this to let people know that there, there's help out there and and. VSOs are something that they can reach out to for help when they need it. All right. And again, thank you. Thank uh, you. If, you. if you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on our website. And you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to our veterans and families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, and thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we'll live.